Some people um, question whether uh, Jesus um, uh, was a real person. Uh, the communist Russian dictionary, which we all are very familiar with, no doubt, and read regularly, um, for example, um, describes Jesus as a mythical figure who never existed. A mythical figure who never existed. However, um, despite what the, um, the Russian um, communist dictionary says, uh, no um, uh, serious historian actually doubts the existence of someone called Jesus of Nazareth. This man that lived 2,000 years ago in a place called Palestine. There is actually just way too much evidence, even apart from the Bible, to indicate that Jesus was indeed a real person. Now, I doubt that, uh, that there would be anybody here this morning that would doubt the validity of a man called Alexander the Great. I guess we've all heard of him. As we um, did our history at, uh, at school, we would have remembered this, this figure, Alexander the Great. And it would never have dawned on us that he might not be a real figure. And yet, the evidence to prove the existence of Alexander the Great, believe it or not, was presented by five people 400 years after Alexander's death. And yet we just assume that this person was a real person. The documented evidence for Jesus, however, is immense. There are thousands of ancient manuscripts, approximately 25,000 in fact, that reference Jesus Christ compared to the, fa to the, to the four, was it the four? Um, the, fa uh, the, the five people who mentioned um, Alexander the Great. Back in 2001, um, there was a BBC doc documentary called uh, The Son of God. And what they did was they enlisted um, 20 academics, the majority of whom weren't Christians, just to ensure there was no bias in this um, documentary. And after conducting their, their research, these 20 academics concluded that the life of Jesus is the best, is the best attested life in the ancient world. Hello. <laughs> You're after a bunny, are you? No. Yeah, well, look, it's, it's what you do, babe, all the time, so <laughs> I, I'm used to it. You know what? Some people think that to uh, be a Christian, that you have to take this blind leap of faith, that you need to switch off uh, your intellect and somehow deny the facts if you're going to be a follower of Jesus. But actually, nothing could be further from the truth. Belief in Jesus is an intelligent, informed, sensible step based on sound historical evidence, not only found in the Bible, but also information from non-Christian sources, such as the um, Jewish historian Josephus, who was born in AD 37. And this is how this ancient Jewish historian um, describes Jesus and his followers. Now there was about this time Jesus a wise man, if it is lawful to call him a, a man. For he was such a doer of wonderful works, 
a teacher of such man as, as received the truth with pleasure. He drew over to him both many of the Jews and many of the Gentiles. He was the Christ. And when Pilate, at the suggestion of the principal man amongst us, had condemned him to the cross, those that loved him at first did not forsake him, for he appeared to them again on the third day, as the divine prophet prophets had foretold these and 10,000 other wonderful things concerning him. And the tribe of Christians so named after him are not extinct today. That's a summary of Jesus from a non-Christian perspective. In our world today, about 2.2 billion uh, people or just under one-third of the world's population, actually identifies as Christian. And I find it remarkable that vast numbers of people continue to celebrate the life of a Jewish carpenter 2,000 years after his death. A man who lived in one of the smallest countries on the, uh, on the earth, who never traveled more than 100 miles from his place of birth, who had little in the way of formal edu education and lived for only 33 years. If Jesus did exist, which the evidence unequivocally suggests he did, did the, question, the question that we really have to answer is, who was he? Who was he? If you ask a Buddhist who Jesus was, well, they'd say Jesus is a good man. Ask a Muslim, and they'd say Jesus is a prophet, but he's not God. Ask a follower of Krishna, and they'd say that Jesus is a soul who is transcended to a higher level of consciousness than the rest of us. Ask a Hindu, and they'd say that Jesus is a God, but just one God amongst millions of gods. Ask a socialist, or ask some socialists, and they'd say Jesus is a great teacher who promoted equality. Ask a Monty Python fan, and they'd say that Jesus is not the Messiah, he's just a... Very, very good, all the Monty Python fans. And ask a Christian, and we would say that Jesus is God that he is God downloaded into a human body. He is God in skin. H.G. Wells was asked which person had left the greatest impression on history. And his reply was, Jesus stands first. Another historian said, as the centuries pass, the evidence is accumulating that measured by his effect on history, Jesus is the most influential life ever lived on this planet. And Napoleon had this to say about Jesus. Everything about Christ astonishes me. His spirit overawes me. His will confounds me. Between him and whoever else is in the world, there is no possible term of comparison. He is truly a being by himself. I search in history to find a similar to Jesus Christ or anything else that can approach the gospel. Neither in history nor humanity 
nor the ages or nature offer me anything that I am able to compare. He is everything extraordinary. There are many things which make Jesus extraordinary, such as his teaching and his miracles. But Easter Sunday, this day that has brought us to this place today, highlights an extraordinary claim that Jesus, the Son of God, rose from the dead. And if he did, if he did, that makes Christ completely unique and his message unavoidable. You have to do something if Jesus really did rise from the dead. When our daughter Chloe, who's here this morning, was, was in kinder, um, her, her teacher um, approached uh, my wife Louise and said to her, Louise, I need to talk to you about Chloe. I'm, I'm actually very concerned about her. She's telling stories and making claims which are really quite over the top. They're very, very fanciful. It's, we know it's okay for children to have you know, uh, good imaginations, but she's taking this kind of fantasy thing just a little bit too far in my estimation. And Louise was obviously quite concerned by what the kinder teacher was saying. She said, well, well, can you give me an example of some of these stories that she's telling? And the, uh, the teacher said, well, well, to begin with, she said that she went to London and she saw the Queen. And Louise said, well, actually, she did go to London. <laughs> and she did meet the Queen. Well, didn't meet the Queen. She saw the Queen. She saw the Queen. And that's a story in itself. Actually, quite, quite remarkable. And the teacher was quite taken aback by that. She said, oh, 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 okay. She says, but, the, you know, she, tell, she told another story. She said, she went to Africa one time and she um, played with and she fed a lion and a hyena. And Louise said, um, actually, she did go to Africa. <laughs> and believe it or not, um, she did um, play with, a baby lion cub and a baby hyena cub. You see, what Louise was able to do was, Louise was able to validate Chloe's story. Even though Chloe's claims were wild and unbelievable, Louise was able to come along and actually affirm those stories. We've got the photos as well to show you if, you're, if you still don't believe us about seeing the queen and feeding a lion and a hyena. You know, Jesus also made a number of outlandish claims about himself. He made this audacious statement that he was the son of God. He actually claimed to be God in a human body. We have a tendency to do something with people who say those kinds of things in our society today, don't we? We kind of medicate them or we lock them away. And that's a pretty ex extreme claim to make 
that you are God. And he made this outlandish claim that he, like God, had the power to forgive sins. Outlandish, extreme statements. But in Romans chapter 1 and verse 4, it says that Jesus was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Can I invite the helpers um, who are serving to communion to grab the trays and begin to uh, just very quietly uh, make your way around and distribute the, um, the bread and the cup? How do we know Jesus is the Son of God? We know that Jesus is God's Son because He is risen. The resurrection was God's way of verifying or validating the claims that Jesus had made about Himself. The resurrection is proof that everything that Jesus said that Jesus said was true and what he did had its origin and its source in God. The resurrection was God's seal of approval concerning Jesus. The resurrection authenticated the entire life and ministry of Christ. The resurrection informs us that Jesus wasn't simply just a good man or a prophet or some transcendent soul or one God amongst many or a great teacher. What the resurrection says is that Jesus Christ was and is indeed God. The Christian author and apologist um, Lee Strobel was interviewing Hugh Hefner. I bet you that was a really interesting interview. Can you imagine being at the... No, we won't go there. I was going to say being at the, Play, the Playboy Mansion. Was that what it was called or something like that? The Playboy Mansion. And um, they were discussing faith. And as um, Hugh Hefner and um, Lee Strobel were discussing faith, they got onto the subject of the resurrection. And Hugh Hefner, this guy who lived an incredibly um, hedonistic life, said these words. If one had any real evidence that indeed Jesus did return from the dead, then that is the beginning of a dropping of a series of dominoes that takes us to all kinds of of wonderful things. It assures us an afterlife and all kinds of things we would all hope to be true. I think that was an, an incredibly astute assessment by Hefner. He recognised that if the resurrection were indeed true, it changed everything and changed everything for the better. 
What the Bible says is the resurrection of Jesus means that death is not the final word. Jesus dismantled the hold of death, which each and every one of us is subject to. And in the light of the resurrection of Jesus, the Bible encourages us to re reframe death. That death is not final, but only temporary. And the metaphor that the Bible uses when referring to the death of a believer, a follower of Christ, is it says that we fall asleep. You're out of it for a while, but then you will reawaken. That the resurrection of Jesus promises us that death is something that is only temporary. We fall asleep and then we, we reawaken. Which is fantastic news for those of us who have loved and lost people. We're actually awaiting our reunion with them. Christ's resurrection is the promise of our own resurrection. And of that we are assured.